I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Given how talented they are, it's very likely that we're reading about the Colorado Avalanche deep into the summer months. And for hockey fans, that means you'll be very familiar with the work of Peter Baugh, who made the transition from covering football at The Athletic for his alma mater, the University of Missouri, to one of the more exciting beats in hockey just barely a month ago. Lucky enough to have Peter as my next guest on the Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast. And today we discuss hockey Twitter versus SEC Twitter, where the Avs' greatest strength lies, Joe Sackick's confidence in Philip Grubauer, and those blue pants, helmets, and gloves. But before that, please do us a favor and rate, review, and subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on. And if you're watching on YouTube, please interact with the video as you see fit. And with that out of the way, it's Avalanche Talk with Peter Baugh on the Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast right now. Today's guest is a relatively new voice in the hockey community. And there's two reasons for that. Well, he's almost right out of college, a young guy. Uh, and two, his start at The Athletic was at Mizzou, covering the Tigers football program. But a lot can change in a year, and after dabbling in hockey writing for the first time in 2019 with the Stanley Cup Final, Peter Baugh is on the beat for arguably the best team in hockey, the Colorado Avalanche. So welcome to the Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast, Peter, and uh, welcome to the hockey community as a whole. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a blast. Oh, I bet it has. I mean, this is, uh, I've been watching a little bit of Colorado, a little bit more than usual lately to prep for this. And that's uh, one exciting hockey team. So professionally schooled, obviously, but the Avalanche are a different animal, as I'm sort of alluding to. Have you ran out of adjectives yet to describe this team? <laughs> I, they've, they keep finding, uh, finding ways to make for fun stories. So I, I've been kind of, they, my job's easiest when there's a lot of, of good storylines to follow and the abs have some good ones. And it's, it's been kind of an interesting start to the year. And I, I've really enjoyed, like, I guess, starting to cover the team, making relationships and, and getting to know their, um, I guess, the ins and outs of their franchise better. And it's been really fun. So I want to dive del or delve deep into the avalanche with you. But first, uh, do you mind elaborating a little bit on my cursory summation of your path to the abs beat? How did you go from the SEC to the NHL, from Columbia to Denver, from a senior in college to such a high-profile position in hockey? Yeah, so it's kind of it's been a really really fun journey. So I I finished school at Mizzou and and I was doing a lot of different. Um, I had a few different like internships and things throughout my time at Mizzou. Um, then went to um, after school, I was waiting for work and kind of had this opportunity to an editor I knew liked my work and put me in touch with the editor at the Boston Herald who was looking for someone to write about 
um, help their coverage in the Stanley Cup for the Blues Bruins series. Uh, and they just needed an extra writer in St. Louis and wanted to know if I could do it. And I was like, of course, yeah, I've always liked hockey, um, really great sport. And it was, it was fun. So I kind of got my feet wet there, ended up getting hired by the athletic to cover Mizzou football. Then, um, while I was doing that, I would occasionally come to St. Louis and help out with blues stories. So I kind of mm-hmm. had a bit of like experience doing that. And then, um, our avalanche writer, Ryan Clark, who's awesome. He, applied uh to move to seattle within the athletic to cover the the seattle kraken so he's out in seattle now and then that left an opening covering the abs and i um put my name in the hat and i think it it just worked out that i was able to come here so if it weren't for that st louis blues run this might not have been the the path that you chose it's sort of serendipitous in that regard yeah i don't know it's it's kind of funny to look at like look back at that i mean that certainly was a really like great experience of wow hockey's super fun to cover um but i think i i've always had interest in hockey so i don't know if things would have worked out any differently but that certainly didn't hurt my uh <laughs> it, it certainly helped lead me here i think certainly uh i mean you said you've always been a fan of hockey i, I think you wrote in your uh why I went to the athletic piece or why I transferred uh, positions within the athletic that uh, your grandfather played hockey. Your dad was uh, a big Gordie Howe fan. What, what piqued your interest, I guess, in hockey, uh, you know, in, I guess, separate from uh, what your family. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment. Every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Was interested in when you were growing up. Yeah, I think it's, well, a lot of it does come down to, I guess, my dad and talking. He, he loved uh, the, the uh, well, it was funny, the Avalanche and Red Wings are big rivals uh, from right. the 90s. So, so a lot of the fans of the comments were like, oh, tell your dad not to root for the Red Wings. It was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we, I kind of was like, I didn't necessarily have one team growing up that I, I followed, but I definitely would, we, we would watch the Red Wings had those really good teams with like Lidstrom in the mid two thousands. And we'd always watch their playoff runs. And then when the blues were good, we'd kind of tune into them and, and just that. And then I also like really had a good experience just following high school hockey in Missouri, which is not like a high school hockey hotbed, but it does have some good players. Um, the Kachucks obviously are from Missouri and, there are a few, few other good players. So it was kind of one of those things where just the, I, I always enjoyed being around the sport whenever I was around it. And, um, kind of professionally as I had more of an opportunity to, once I got away from Mizzou, cause at Mizzou there's, there's a club hockey team, but not like an NCAA team or anything. But right. once I, I got the opportunity to really, I guess, get my feet wet with it, it, it just kind of took off from there. 
And St. Louis is one of those booming uh, cities in terms of hockey development, at least with a lot of the St. Louis Blues players sticking around, their kids playing hockey and, and uh, the, the sort of the all or the rising tide lifting all boats in terms of there's, you know, some real talent coming out of the Missouri area. Yeah, it's one of those cities that kind of, I think, surprises people. And when they get there, they like it a lot. And it's a good place to raise a family. So you see people like the Kachucks stick around and, right. and you have two NHL players from the same family from from St. Louis. So it's, it's definitely a good area and, and one that I'm grateful I grew up in. And, and I think that definitely does have a good hockey uh, passion. And I, I think the Stanley cup run really, I guess, solidified that. I mean, people were so into it um, and it yeah. was, it was pretty cool to see. I mean, there could be the next wave 10, 15 years, just based on obviously St. Louis's championship run. So we'll, maybe we'll check in in a couple decades and see how St. Louis is doing. Uh, now, nothing has been easy in this pandemic world. So what sort of challenges have you run into, you know, changing positions, moving states, but also acclimatizing yourself to the avalanche beat? And I guess there could be a pun there. Um, but has it been difficult to build relationships, uh, you know, the ones that you want to be nurturing because uh, you can't be inside the locker rooms, you can't be brushing shoulders with executives? Uh, has that been a little bit difficult or is, you know, the, the main challenge is being, you know, just simply getting up and moving and, and doing a completely new thing? Yeah, it's been a, a little difficult, but I think that it's it's gone smoothly in a lot of ways, too. So this all came together very quickly. Um, right. where I think I got offered the job in, in December and was out, out in Denver within a month. Cause I wanted to be out here for the start of training camp. Right. Um, so like that whole process was just really hectic of like finding a place to live and making sure all my, my stuff was taken care of in Columbia, like get, finishing up the season at Mizzou while also researching the avalanche. Like there was a ton of stuff going on. Um, yeah. but I've had a really great, like the, the athletic staff has been awesome of just like, Ryan Clark, who the new Kraken writer, um, yep. he's been, we talk on the phone a good bit and he's been super helpful with like kind of explaining some team dynamics to me. And, and that's been great. Um, and I have been able to, I think, even if it's all over zoom, I think players kind of recognize you after a while or well, they can't see us, but recognize your voice and like know the types of questions you ask. Um, and so I think it's one of those things where maybe it's a little different of where I don't, I'm not seeing these guys in person every day and saying hi, but I am still able to get the, I, I guess they, the FaceTime quote unquote of, um, of them, I guess, seeing that I'm there every day and stuff like that. Right. And, and I think that in terms of just like a lot of it is just like reaching out to, to people and, and kind of being in as much contact as you can. Um, and it, it's fun to get to know new people. And that's kind of the way I look at it. And I, I think that they enjoy having a, an athletic writer here. So, so it, it, it works, it works well, I think. Okay, before we get into the avalanche, uh, I need to know, which is a safer space, hockey Twitter or SEC Twitter? Well, SEC Twitter can get nasty. So I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's no, uh, and I mean, I think that hockey Twitter has been, it's a passionate group, but I think it's probably can be a little, I, I would, so far, I would say it's probably a little, um, a little less hostile than SEC Twitter can be. I mean, SEC Twitter, like, People down in, in the SEC, they care a lot about football. I mean, I, this isn't really an mm -hmm. SEC Twitter moment, but like you had Paul Feinbaum, a guy call into his show and tell him that he like poisoned the trees on Auburn's campus after Auburn beat Alabama. And, and he did. Like, so like, I haven't seen anything quite like that on hockey Twitter. Um, so they're both different. They're both uh, very endearing in their own ways. But, but yeah, it's probably a little, uh, 
a little safer in, in hockey Twitter. I mean, it might, by the end of this North division, it might get to poisoning trees in different uh, provinces across. It's possible it gets to that, but uh, I think it probably helps that the Avalanche are a good team. I mean, the, uh, the, uh, the mood should be pretty good around this team. So let's get into, uh, actually, that leads me perfectly into what I was curious to ask right off the top. Um, you mentioned, you know, you're building your relationships on Zoom and that, that might be a little bit difficult, but you should be able to pick up on the general mood of this team. And I am sort of, ser- uh, you know, interested in that because, you know, this is a serious year for them. The Avs made significant improvements in the offseason. It was a really disappointing exit they came off of. Uh, is this a late, laid back team right now? Is it ultra serious right now? Is it a team that's sort of on a- autopilot waiting for their chance to prove it again? Uh, what sort of temperature have you taken um, from the Avalanche to start the year? Yeah, I think they're definitely a hungry team. I mean, they came in in the in training camp. They were very vocal about we want to win the Stanley Cup this year, and like anything mm-hmm. short is a disappointment. So it's it's certainly they are not shying away from the expectations, and they know the talent they have on this roster. But I think they also have a good bit of perspective of so the first I guess week or so they were I mean through the first road trip they were three and three. They split series yeah. with Anaheim and with Los Angeles and. I think some Avs fans were, were kind of freaked out, like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Why aren't we beating these teams that are, are, are not supposed to be as good as us? And I think it was one of those things where you had some, a shortened training camp, you had guys like Brandon Saad who kind of maybe needed to get acclimated a little more. Um, and, and I think they kind of maintained perspective throughout. I think Jared Bednar, the coach, is really good at kind of looking at how the team played rather than the results of the game itself. Like in the second Anaheim game, Gibson just played a great game in that. And he was like, and they hit three posts. And so it was like, yeah, I liked, he was, he said he liked the way the team played uh, and they just didn't win that one. And then they've won, they won three in in a row after that. And now um, uh, they tied or well, they lost in overtime to Minnesota. So picked up Mm -hmm. up last night, but it's, it's one of those things where they're kind of going through some injury stuff right now. So I'm sure there's a bit of stress about that, but I think they kind of know that like, the legacy of this team is whatever happens in the playoffs. Right. Um, you mentioned, you know, sort of an uneven start with three wins and three losses from the first six games. Uh, has there something that's changed from, you know, the first 10 days to this, these last 10 days uh, so far early in the season, or is it just a matter of, you know, uh, less posts, less John Gibson's to run into, or, uh, or, or are we seeing some pretty significant development, I guess, in the last week? Yeah, I think it's one of those things where the second line through the first part of the season really was was kind of struggling to get its feet under itself. Like Andre Burkowski was out for a bit. Kadri had a few like unlucky bounces and Saad was, wasn't playing, I guess, quite to his potential. But then in the last few games, they've really clicked in and are yeah. really, I mean, Brandon Saad has been on a tear lately. Burkowski looks good. Kadri had a really big night against the Sharks where he had, I think, two or three points. Um, and yeah, they, they're, I think that unit kind of being able to, to be a one, a or a one B to the one a line of like Landis Gog McKinnon ranting. And I think it's been, yeah. has been huge. One of the players that, uh, is nicked up right now is Nathan McKinnon, obviously probably the most important player on the avalanche. Uh, lots of talk, I guess, maybe more so north of the border uh, about Nate McKinnon taking over Connor Mc, or overtaking Connor McDavid as the NHL's best player. You know, there's the narrative of, you know, that McKinnon's complete body of work deserves some sort of coronation this year in terms of maybe league and awards. 
Uh, but it hasn't been this extraordinary start for him. I guess McDavid's probably would be classified as extraordinary. Uh, I think two goals in 10 games to start or 11 games to start. But he is leading the division in points. Uh, so is two goals for him deceiving right now? Has he lived up to the incredibly lofty expectations to this point? Or, you know, I'm curious what his demeanor's like, I guess, because that might change, obviously, with, um, you know, this injury. But what's his start been like? Yeah, well, hopefully he's healthy, obviously. I mean, I think that that'll be the big, big question in the next few days. And, and they should have more information in the next little stretch. Um, but yeah. he he is um, he's gotten he's had some really bad luck. <laughs> so like he has two yeah. goals, but he's hit posts at least like I can think of like four or five instances like he easily could have six, seven goals right now. Um, mm-hmm. and la- like last night, um, Talbot made an unbelievable save on he McKinnon pretty much had like an open net. He got the yeah. puck up. Like you're supposed to, he lifted it and Talbot just like dove across and caught it. So it, yeah. he's kind of, and he McKinnon like kind of put his head up, hands on his head after like, Oh my gosh, how does this keep happening? So I think it's one of those things where he, he's maybe had some bad luck and his, his numbers could be a little better if, if he didn't run into that bad luck. Um, but at the same time, I mean, McDavid has been unbelievable this year. I mean, so fun to watch. And I think he's clearly showing what he's capable of. And I think McKinnon has played really well at points and like definitely is, I mean, he's in that top tier with McDavid and, um, I think he's, he's maybe just like not had quite as much, quite as many bounces go, go his way. And I don't know if maybe some of the overtaking McDavid was, was a little soon, but I do think McKinnon is pretty special and, and is he's going to get some bounces at some point. His numbers will will go up a little bit. Yeah, it's definitely coming obviously if he can stay in the lineup, but I guess maybe a big difference between him and McDavid is that McDavid gets to play against the North division. And that's been, you know, there's been nine goals, I think on average, and it's a little bit tighter, obviously uh, the games that you're watching more closely. Um, But I think maybe there's something to McKinnon's brilliance being maybe best measured right now in Miko Rantanen's production. He's flirting with the league lead in goals. Uh, Is he doing that on his own accord? Or is that sort of where McKinnon's been, uh, you know, best seen or his talents have shone through the most, uh, just elevating Miko Rantanen a little bit this year? Yeah, well, Rantanen's been awesome, like in his own regard. He's played really, really well. But there definitely have been instances where McKinnon has assisted on a lot of those goals and he's made the smart hockey play and the really good passes to Rantanen to set up those plays. So I think it's it's one of those – it's a mix of the two where, like, that line of Landis Scott, McKinnon, Rantanen is a really good line. And, like, (laughs) they've got – they're on the power play together and they play well together. And and McKinnon has definitely made good passes to set Rantanen up. And then Rantanen's also just – played really well and and made some some plays himself so it's a mix of the two i'd say my view of this team coming into this year was there was not a deeper more talented uh roster in the league when looking at the forward and defense positions uh but i wasn't convinced that joe sackick didn't make a mistake by not bringing in a goaltender now philip grubauer has been outstanding maybe vesna caliber even if we're going to talk about the vesna trophy two and a half weeks in the season but he's still got to prove it over large stretches. He's got to pr- prove it in the postseason. The, the entire team has to prove it in, in the postseason, obviously. But I'm not sure about Pavel Francouz. I'm not sure about Hunter Miska delivering if needed. Can you talk me off the ledge here? Or do you share in those concerns that, you know, Joe Sackick potentially made a mistake not shoring up that position, given how talented the rest of the roster is, and given that he did have flexibility over the summer or the offseason? Yeah, I mean, I think that 
the Avalanche are very confident in Philip Grubauer, and he's mm-hmm. rewarded that confidence so far this year. They think he can be the number one goalie on a team that makes a deep playoff run. Um, and if he plays like the way he has been, that is correct. Like he, he definitely is playing at that level. Um, the big question with him is always health and making sure he's healthy for, for enough games. And I think that he certainly targeted some things in the off season to make himself more durable. He talked about that in, in interviews he had with us. Um, but yeah, I think that it's one of those things that they felt very confident in, in um, Grubauer. And then Franco's numbers were really good last year too. And I think they mm-hmm. saw it as if they're both healthy, we have a good chance. I mean, you remember they, they lost to the stars in overtime of game seven on their, and they were using their third string goalie. So yeah. you kind of have to have to wonder about like, oh, if Grubauer's in there, where, where, where do they stand? So maybe if Franco's hurt right now, We'll see how long he's kind of out for. Maybe then they they consider bringing in a an extra an extra goalie for for backup. But I, I think that they certainly have faith in Grubauer, and like you said, he's played awesome to start the year. Yeah, he sure surely has rewarded them uh, with his play so far. Um, instead of bringing in a net miner, uh, Sakic, as I mentioned, had that cap space, and he had the ability to sort of weaponize something that no other legitimate contender had, which is, you know, I've got leverage here because I got money to spend. I can do things that other legitimate teams cannot. And what he did with that uh, flexibility was bringing in Devontae's and Brandon Saad. Uh, curious how those, you, I mean, you've touched, you've touched on Saad a little bit, but I'm curious how those additions have meshed. Uh, and if there is a strong belief that they are the missing pieces uh, for this team, that's obviously looking to take the next step in the postseason. Yeah, well, they've kind of fit in. I mean, I wouldn't say Sod's fit was seamless because it took a little while to get there, but now he right. looks like hurt, like a great fit on this team. He's kind of cleaning up goals down low and and playing, getting some of those greasy goals that you need to win um, and really seems to be flourishing on this line with Kadri and Burakovsky now that they've kind of got things, got things going a little bit. Um, and then Taves, he's banged up right now. He took a puck to the skate um, last game, and we'll get a little more information in the coming days of, of his status going forward. But he has been awesome with Makar. Like that, they've been the top pairing and have worked really well together. And then he's also helped out on the second power play unit, has a few yeah. goals there um, with Gerard. Um, so he's, he, he's it's been kind of a seamless transition with him into the lineup. He's, he's worked really well, and I think they're pretty excited about being able to get such a high quality defenseman um, essentially for, I mean, I think they gave up two second round picks. Like it was a, a steal of sorts. It was just the Islanders didn't have the cap space and they needed to make a move. Exactly. Um, if I have a hot take from watching the last three or four avalanche games a little closer than maybe I, I would normally uh, it's that the strength of this team has perhaps shifted from the forward group to the defense group. Um, as good as Nathan McKinnon has been, you know, all the other star forwards on the team, uh, Kale, Mar- Kale McCarr might even be better in relation to other star defensemen when considering uh, what Nathan McKinnon is in, in sort of the hierarchy and with forwards, or at least getting there. And then you have Taze, as we mentioned, being his partner, Sam Gerrard, Bowen Byram coming up. Graves was, you know, really strong last year. Maybe hasn't had the best start this year, but still a very good player. And Eric Johnson, former number one pick, is your sixth defenseman. Connor Timmins can come up when there is an injury. There really is no weak leak with their defense. So do you subscribe to the same uh, sort of theory that the strength of this team is actually on its defense core now? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's hard to say that it's not also offensively because they do have, like, such a deep group of forwards. But yep. I think the defense has been 
it's a really impressive, it's really impressive what Sackick has been able to pull off in these last few years of kind of getting this really strong core of defensemen. Like Bowen Byram looks really good. He looks NHL ready. Sam Girard has looked awesome this year. He's been, he's been slippery. He, he like can get around other player, uh, the opposing players pretty easily. And, yeah. and then Makar has been, his advanced metrics have been unbelievable this year. And he finally got a goal last night. He had kind of been, he had had a poor guy had like hit a few posts, had some good saves against him, but he finally kind of got a, it was a really, it was a really nice goal too. He like yeah. ju- juked a few people and, and shot it in. So he's, he's pretty special. And yeah, the defensive core is on this team is, is very much legit. And they've done a good job too. Offensively, you can look at what they do as, as defensemen, but they've also done a good job limiting shots. Um, mm-hmm. Especially when Grubauer's been in net, I think Miska had to take a lot of shots last night, but he also gave up a few rebounds that led to more shots. Um, but when Grubauer's been in net these past few games, they've really limited the shots he's had to see. I'm curious what uh, the guys are saying about Bowen Byram. Obviously, it's been a pretty remarkable start. I think he's the youngest player in the NHL right now, and he looks like a seasoned veteran. So, what's been the reaction to Bowen Byram stepping in right away? Obviously, crossing crossing the seven game threshold and and being you know cementing his spot on the lineup. What are they saying about him over there? Yeah, so I think the seven game threshold. It was it was one of those things where it was at the beginning. It was like a lot of people were. Like, is he going to play enough? But then kind of towards the end of that, it just felt like an an inevitability. (laughs) That's hard to say. Um, But it it kind of felt just inevitable that he was going to be in the lineup for good. And Eric Johnson, at one point, one of the reporters on the beat here asked him like what he would do. And he's like, I don't know how you can send it back to juniors. I mean, he's too good. He's too important to our team. Um, So I think it's one of those things where they, they recognize quickly that this is a really talented kid and he's got, He's got some things to work on. He hasn't been perfect, but he's he's definitely shown an ability offensively to contribute. And then also he's played decent defense and and I think has, has done a good job getting out of the defensive zone and bringing the puck into the offensive zone. So I'm a Toronto guy. I cover the Maple Leafs for Yahoo Sports. So I feel it's my duty to ask about Nazem Kadri and just how's he doing overall? He's obviously a guy who, you know, wore the blue and white like few have in recent seasons obviously he got traded to the avalanche a couple of years ago so how's he doing just in general and on the ice of course yeah so he it was one of those things where i mentioned with sod where it took a little bit of time for that second line to get going Kadri, like he had a few bounces not go his way he hit the net on a few shots and stuff like that um but he kind of as pretty much ahead of the San Jose series, the second line had a meeting with Jared Bednar just to kind of like talk through what they needed to do better. And they talked about simplifying their game, being really aggressive, outworking opponents and keeping the puck in the offensive zone. And since that meeting, they've been, they've been great. And it's hard to like, it's hard to put, I guess, to correlate one meeting with the things kind of falling into place. But Kadri since then has really done well. He had a, a game, I forget if it was two or three points a few games ago where he kind of finally broke out of that that um holding pattern i guess he was in and and he really broke through and looked good so he certainly it wasn't the like fastest of starts but i think as that second line has gone he's gotten better too and he's looked really good and it's clearly a very important piece of this team yeah he's a beloved member of the maple leafs obviously when he was here so uh, i i think a lot of people were happy where he landed obviously with such a good team in the Colorado Avalanche, but even those surroundings have gotten even better with Brandon Saad uh, now being on his line. So I know a lot of people up here are cheering for him. Uh, finally, I need you to settle two debates for me. The blue pants, the blue helmet, the blue uh, gloves. Is that a yes or a no from you? 
it's interesting. It was a little, uh, it was a little jarring at first. It's grown on me a little bit. So I'm, I'm on jury's still out. I, I like it with the, the, the road jerseys, but what are actually the road jerseys would be the whites. I don't, I don't like it with the whites. It's, it looks a little bit out of place with the whites, but when, when they're wearing the, uh, the darker colors, I think it's a yes for me. And then finally, Oh, go ahead. I do kind of like it with the burgundy when it's like when they're wearing the red and the blue. I think it looks much better. It that looks, way. I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah, it looks like it fits a little better. Um, I don't know why they can't have two different colors, but we'll, we'll save that for uh, another debate. Uh, the next one, though, and the last one is Kale, Kale McCarr or Quinn Hughes. Sell it for me. Uh, well, I mean, Kale McCarr won the Calder last year. Quinn Hughes is awesome. I think that I maybe, and I mean, I have to say, I've seen Quinn Hughes play in person a couple times. I see Kale McCarr play in person a good bit and am frequently mm-hmm. impressed by him. Um, so I, I think that the stuff he can do offensively is really special, but Quinn Hughes is the same boat. I think I, my gut says McCarr, um, but that's also cause I watch him more. Uh, but I also would say that if you have Quinn Hughes as your like cornerstone defenseman in a franchise, like you're in good shape. So I, I don't think you can go wrong with either, but I'd, I'd give, I would trust the Calder voters in this instance and give it to, give it to Kale McCarr. <laughs> There you go. Trust your colleagues. Uh, Peter, this was a lot of fun. I'm expecting a very long first season on the beat for you, even in a pandemic shortened season. It's going to be a long one. Uh, maybe we can do this again when the postseason roll is around and the games get uh, very meaningful for the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, I'd love that. And who knows? Maybe we'll have a Leafs Avalanche playoff matchup. That's possible even before the Stanley Cup final with uh, obviously the the uh, changes to the format. That would be a lot of fun. And certainly all the headlines would be about Nazem Kadri and that'd be pretty cool up here. Thanks again, Peter. All right. Take care. Thanks so much. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.